0: This is the Creative Endeavor Podcast. The podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. It's real conversations with real artists. And I'm Andrew Tischler, and it is such a pleasure to have your company in the studio once again. Now, in this episode, I'm talking to Mark Maggiore. It's actually the second time that Mark has appeared on the podcast. And since our last conversation, you might have caught this as well, He's had an epic sellout show with Legacy Gallery and an auction associated with that show. Were you following on Instagram like I was? I was watching the outcome of this spectacular exhibition that would have taken so long to put together, but it was amazing to see the response that he got to his brand new body of work. It sold out and for record prices as well. In fact, I'm sure he holds a record. I've never seen anybody do it quite the way Mark has done it. And I am so inspired by the level that he has achieved so far. And I'm sure he's just getting started. Now Mark's work, if you're not familiar, is epic cowboy and Western paintings of the United States landscape featuring amazing, awe-inspiring skies, glowing hues bursting off the desert landscape. It's something to behold. Now, Mark has taken the tradition of Western-themed paintings, and he's created something totally new, putting his unique spin on the genre. I'm a huge fan of his work, And if you're not already following him i'm sure you will be too check him out on instagram and on his website i'll include links in the show notes that go along with this podcast now i wanted to ask mark all about what led up to this show how he felt after this amazing result and even getting into what he defines success is for an artist for himself and what he's got left to explore within his career now that he's reached this amazing height. And a shout out and a special thank you to all of my online academy students who got their questions in early. You see, they helped me interview Mark here for this podcast, and they knew well ahead of time that I was going to be interviewing Mark for this show. So if you want to be part of that for future episodes of The Creative Endeavor, then check out my online academy. You'll find a link on my website at andrewtischler.com. And of course, they did not disappoint. I got some great questions in regarding his technical approach to painting. I'm so excited to bring you this podcast with Mark Maggiore. So without further ado, here he is in the creative endeavor. So many things that i want to dive into but first i just want to say welcome back to the podcast it's an absolute pleasure to have your company again and just thank you so much for making the time
1: yeah sure thank you man i appreciate it it's good timing because i just finished the painting like three days ago and i'm kind of you know taking a few days in between always like to kind of like regroup know what's up Brilliant. so uh, other things <laughs> really so, yeah it's, i'm good
0: awesome Well, I've got not only some questions that I'm dying to ask you, but I also have some of my online academy students who have hit me up. And I let them know in advance that, hey, look, I'm going to be interviewing Mark again. We're going to be going here round two. Why don't you give me some questions that you would like to ask Mark? uh, Some of the things about his work, his past, you know, how he got started and some of the, the latest developments. Um, so I'll just be asking these kind of at random as we go, but there are some fantastic questions that have come through and I'm thinking, oh man, that, that, that was a really good question. I, I, I'm really excited to put some of these to you, but the thing that I'm really interested in and it, look, I, I think we all saw it. It was just such an amazing moment watching some of those posts that you were making on Instagram from the, the show that you had in recent months. And that must have broken some sort of record, but I was just there as I was looking at these posts, watching these sales come through, looking at how amazing the paintings were, just kind of cheering, just going, yes, that was just so inspiring. I, I, I really wanted to know, like, can you describe that moment to me of that show and what that, what that felt like being there, you know, the culmination of all this hard work, and then you're there at opening night. You know, watching you on some of those videos, it was just like you could see it almost wash over you in a way that it was like it was just kind of sinking in. And this excitement was then sort of building. Describe that moment for me.
1: Well, so it's it's um, I mean, you know, you're a painter as well. You know, the feeling uh, this this path that it comes from, like the building of an image, an idea and then putting on canvas and then, you know, put everything you got to make a great image. And then knowing it's going to a show, so it's going to be seen by so many people and, you know, they're going to see work in the flesh. So there's all those those variables that are get in the mix where you put everything you have to make sure you, you've done your best. And and then comes a time where, you know, painting gets in the frame and then you bring it to the gallery and then it's not in your hands anymore. You've done everything you could and uh, it's in the end of, you know, <laughs> of a higher power um, and it's it's the most stressful because you don't have a control of that um you know everything else is it's under your control and it's 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 about you know it, it's it's just up to you to make it the best you can but then after that you don't know so it's random and it's stressful so yeah I think from from the time you know a few days before the show you know the anxiety was kind of building for me I was like wondering you know if it's you know if it's gonna sell and I hadn't had not sailed, real paint like paintings in about two years at that moment, because I was kind of like um, working and I, 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 voluntarily dried the market to make sure, you know, nobody was getting anything and, and buyers the collectors will be pretty hungry for the show. And so that we even were questioning with my gallery stuff of, you know, price point. And it was like, well, it's difficult because you are You know, kind of, you know, famous people knows you. People want your work, but then, you know, your last paintings didn't sell for that amount. So it's like we have to find an in between that makes sense for now a day and your status, but also, you know, for buyers to bought you like two years ago, not being like a huge gap of like, oh, the price of raised. So we kind of priced everything. I would say, uh, you know, kind of at the really the, the below limit where I was like feeling comfortable with it and but i was still stressed stressed about it like the morning i remember the morning of the day i was like are we sure like putting those those estimates on the auction is it too much i was like so i was concerned somehow you know like if it was gonna and then the whole show happened and then the sales like first first painting goes for auction because like three or four times above the estimate and then all like that all the way to like all and it was just kept on going and i I couldn't even freaking believe it, but I, I, as soon as it gets in it, you—it's in a row. It reminds me of, of you know, like I love soccer, and it's like you know, it'll be like a, a big game, and it's like the final, and it's are so stressed, and then all of a sudden your team put one goal, two goals, three goals, and you're like, Whoa! you know, it's just getting better and better, and you know you're know, the victory is here, and you're like thriving through it. And this like moment of bliss where everything is just flowing so well. So um yeah, but that was it. I, it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable.
0: Fantastic, man. It's it's interesting that to hear so so it it wasn't a result that you were expecting. You were kind of nervous going into it.
1: Not at all, man. I mean, again, I had made my little calculation, you know, there was a lot of stake because we uh, hadn't been selling paintings for a long time and you know, of course, you, you know, when you put all your life in, in, in that, you, you, were, you kind of hope that you're going to get some kind of return because, you know, we got we to gotta keep going. And um, so, yeah, of course, I was I was anxious. And um, and then, you know, all those record broken. just was crazy.
0: And so with the work itself, like your your paintings are stunning, man. They're, they're really beautiful. And the work itself, what were some of the things that you were exploring, some of the stuff that you were, you were trying to kind of feel your way around? Because, you know, putting together a, a show, a body of work, that's a huge undertaking. You know, obviously you've got a, a, a subject and a style that you're, you're, you're into and you, you're eaten up with, but was there something that you were trying to push a bit further, explore a bit more in your work?
1: Yeah, um, it's so. I feel like I was when I started to paint Western. I was really focused on the figures, and and you know the background was was the background and uh, literally the background, like behind the figure. Um, and of course, as my career, you know, developed, and I was you know painting more and more subjects, even changing the subject because I started with with cowboys and then. I I switch, not a switch but I I slowly got into Native Americans because I was living in Taos and um, it felt natural. But then living actually in New Mexico, and, you know, being uh, inside that subject all day and feeling the importance of the elements, um, I slowly wanted to maybe diminish the size of my figures and put more and faces on on the background and the background becoming you know more of a foreground somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all kind of get to the peak on, on that painting. I did with this, uh, uh, very small subject, Native American. And then the cloud was huge. And, and we had a really good, I had a really good reaction on that. On, when I posted on my Instagram, I remember thousands of comments, um, because it was different all of a sudden. And so at the show, for me, that was kind of like the pinnacle of the show. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that direction because I'm um, taking it from there. I'm probably gonna keep exploring in you know, that way, uh, you know, landscapes and, and maybe, yeah, reducing a little bit the, the size of the figures. Uh, not all the time, but it's, it's interesting. And so
0: that's a nice little, you know, route that I'm really enjoying exploring. Brilliant. Really, it's, it's really it's awesome to hear how sort of doorways open up and opportunities present themselves as you're developing the work. You're like, oh, that looks cool. Let's let's go over here and explore that direction. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. We kind of follow our
1: inspirations and um, and things have to make sense for for what you do. You know, sometimes people ask you, um, you know, you're gonna paint other things, and you know, you're like, sure. I'm inspired by a lot of things, but then. Does it make sense to paint it? Like, how do I feel painting it? You do Is it good for me? Is it something that? And it's. I've kind of learned to just accept. You know the things that I'm good at, and and that's what I keep doing. And um, obviously I'm I'm good at doing this, so I'm enjoying doing it. So why absolutely try to do something else when you know there's so much more I could do in
0: that style in that genre because it's. Obviously, very inspiring for me. So yeah, that's that's so cool, man, to hear because I mean, you can tell that 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 you're loving what you're doing. That's that's awesome. And look, I've got a question here from Lori, uh, and she wants to know, and, and just in regards to this show specifically, how long did it take you to get paintings ready for your recent show at Legacy Gallery, and uh, did he continue to generate income while he was saving paintings for the show? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I think we had this conversation, uh, on the previous podcast, but, um, I have a very strong print market. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm doing those print sale twice a year. Um, try to keep it something special and, and very uh, exciting for, for the fans, uh, and collectors. And, um, so yeah, luckily this is, this is a, an important source of income and, uh, so I, I'm able, because of the prints, uh, to decide to not, you know, I could not paint for a year if I want, uh, mm-hmm. because that sustains it. Uh, it might not be like that forever, and I'm always, like, you know, very um, aware of, of all that. But so far, the market is good, and so I, I, I keep doing it. A lot of people keep asking for it. That's also the thing I'm very, um, i trying to be very aware of, of, of the audience, and and what people and I'm keep constantly gaining followers, and the followers are are new buyers because you know somebody who just started following me two months ago, they didn't do the sale of December, so they want print now. So that's why the sale of June is cool, and then they can have one, and and so on. So um, yeah, this is cool, and it it's great to not have to rely just on paintings. So I worked on the gallery show for about two years and a half. Uh, and I was, I was selling little sketches sometimes, you know, I might have done like one commission, but most of it, it was, I was saving each painting for the show. So yeah, it it, it is, uh, it can be challenging, uh, but um, it, it, I was lucky to have the
0: print market to help me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you, you've, you've got to, you've got to also be a little bit business minded about it too, don't you? I mean, to keep everything going and cause it's, it's a really, I mean, it's a fast paced world now. There's so much stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff kind of vying for our attention as artists, but in order to keep the thing going, you know, I found with my own business that you've got to have those multiple revenue streams that if I was just a painter selling paintings, that, that is sometimes it's kind of like putting all your eggs in one basket, right? It's, you know, can be a bit difficult.
1: Yeah, it depends also of your needs. And um, you know, if you're if you're a single guy and you're young and you you know you just live in an apartment and you don't need much to leave and be happy, then it's fine, you can do that. But you know, we're getting older, I'm 45 and I have three daughters and wife and you know, family and all kinds of things. So of course you have to generate income and try to make it you know big somehow that you know everybody is is happy and everything's good so um i keep pushing and pushing you know it just uh, makes me happy to uh, provide for the family and all that, that
0: that's enough of an incentive to kind of like get you awake in the morning and get, go for it <laughs> for sure for sure i that that didn't really click into place for me until i had my son and then i'm like oh it's go it's go it's go time <laughs>
1: and that's exactly i mean yeah. you
0: want to give them everything you can like that's
1: yeah. just so yeah human yeah. nature <laughs> it is
0: man it is um let's let's focus for a little bit on the work i've got loads of technical questions that have come through first i want to ask you about your source material and we did speak a little bit about that and and i've heard other podcasts with you where you've spoken about how you get your images here but i i just for the sake of this podcast i'd really Love to hear some more about that. I got a question here from Trey. He says, "How does he maintain a consistency in reference and ideas? And uh, how how do you mark um, define what idea and or reference is better than something else? Like w- when you find that golden moment, how do you know that? aha, that's it. So what are what are some of those things that you're looking for? at Some of those visual cues. And and just on a on a just to add on to that, you know, you have quite a process for getting. The stuff—it's not just a matter of taking a snap. I know, and oh, I'm going to paint that one. There's a lot that goes into actually capturing that idea first. I'd love to hear more about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the the process of of getting references is for me the most important and most interesting part because um, it's human experiences, and I think that's what kind of like feed your soul and and it all has to go from there um so yeah i I really do like to create those moments you know by going out there meeting people and and setting to setting up photo shoots um it's not always easy to do it because you know we're super busy and and you know it takes a lot, lot recently i also have lots of back problems. So I can't be as much as um, rock and roll as I used to be, you know, jumping there and jumping there. Uh, but hopefully it'll get better. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's, it's one thing to like create that. And then when you come back with all your material, you know, you've been like so inspired and, and, and kind of like electrified by this this moment or those days or whatever you've done with with models. Um, You go back to your computer, start looking at things, there is this magic that you know you've been capturing somehow, somewhere, and I know when I shoot, I'm always super like, so sometimes I see things during the photo shoot when I'm like, oh, this was great. But sometimes even better is like there's been like a, like a light effect or something that happened as you were shooting that you were not maybe aware of, you know that ray of light that hit the face, the thing of the horse the reflection on the. F- and this you see it when you see your, your photos and you're like, wow, okay, this is it. The crazy part is that when I do a photo shoot for maybe I shoot for a whole day or an afternoon, and you come back with you know sometimes more than a thousand pictures and you go through it you're going to have maybe two or three paintings from that like three or four major. That's it. Yeah. Um, I only had one photo shoot one in my life where I had maybe 10 paintings out of it. Cause it also, it was like a whole day, different outfit, different location. It was a huge day. So I, I had a lot of materials from that, but uh, it, it, it could be frustrating because you're like, Oh, you know, I spent all this time and money to like go there and, and shoot stuff and, and it's but you know it doesn't matter because you that's you know those paintings are enough and you know if it's three major pieces, then that's enough then you do another photo shoot and go somewhere else so um i really do enjoy that that part of the process um
0: and i don't know if there was more to that question no that um that that really sums it up i mean it's just the the amount of effort though that you go to is pretty extraordinary you know it's it's because it it sounds a lot like you're composing, also, you know, outside. You do have a certain intention, but you're also leaving the door open for the surprise to happen, for that for that moment.
1: Yeah, 100. percent. I think that is so important. And um and maybe we'll talk about AI after that. And you know maybe there's question about that or something that because it's so um, present right now and there's man. so much to talk about. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I I believe that there is um is, there is still that thing um, that is possible with this f- process of work that is not that AI doesn't give yet. This is the the yeah the magic of things that that you know, happen through human connection, and, yeah. and I th- the connection to an experience. That one person did, you know, like me going out there, meeting this cowboy, shooting him, his story, his land, going back, painting it, people seeing the painting, they see the guy, he's a real guy, he lives there. There's a, All this connection, the human soul, people mm. feel that, and mm. that's cool emotion, and that's what art is about. It's not just about, you know, big impressive stuff, or it's impressive, oh, wow, this is... It's great what AI can create. It's impressive. You don't have to go anywhere anymore. You can get everything on your computer. Yeah, yeah but you're gonna miss the component which is the human connection. And we are still humans. You know what I mean? So I this that. is it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's it. And of yeah. course, it's a great tool. I mean, I'm changing subject. I don't want to change subject.
0: No, 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 no. I no that, that Let's go, let's go there. Let's important to 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 talk about
1: this because in yeah. the process of creation and. It's great and but but people need to understand that it's not enough. It's not enough. It needs yeah. to remain a tool. And mm-hmm. I think I think all people are realizing it. And um if you just if you're missing the human experience, something's not gonna connect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh it's the same for movies, you know, there's movies when they put the millions of new effects nonstop and it's like, <laughs> and those movies you watch them and, wow it took so much and then you're like do you think you remember those movies after no, no. and then you can have two person sitting on a bench talking about love and you cry and you're gonna remember this movie for the rest of your life yeah. and it was nothing it was just two person talking you know versus a billion dollar movies with all the new effects in the trend that are like incredible uh and i think for art it's exactly the same so you know yeah. be reassured painters out there
0: <laughs> that's that's no it's wonderful to hear you know
1: your heart you know yeah. you're gonna you're gonna remain standing
0: because there's i mean let's face it man there, there's a lot of people out there that are losing their minds there's a lot of people that are really excited about it there's there's people that are going well i'm going to use ai to compose my paintings now and or now i'm going to go off in this direction, and. I I was first of all, like, really curious about it personally. And then I was thinking, okay, well, yeah, maybe I can see there's some danger here. Even just from a business standpoint, I can see this is going to displace a lot of artists. But there's a certain aspect to it that, you know, as you were saying there, you, you can't delegate that to a machine. You can't delegate that connection that you have to subject to a machine. You know, I've said um, to my students that I, I believe art is three things mainly. You know, you're providing a product, you create a thing, right? You provide a service with your thing. You can do something, you can decorate a space, you can, you know, you, you can use your artistic skills to do stuff. And then, the, But the third, third part is the process. Now, AI might have you whipped on two of those things. It can create a product right and it can create a service cool well let it have that but the last thing that it can't do is it the process of you being engaged and connecting it's like it's like trying to get someone else to eat your lunch for you it's 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 absolutely pointless
1: exactly and 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 we've experienced we've i've experienced it personally so that's why i'm referring to it it's like Mm. i've seen artists are already on it that I've been even communicating with that are making images on AI and they're really good at it. You know, you see the image first glance, if you think it's a painting, you're like, "What the this is insane. And then you're like, oh, it's AI generated. Right away, my interest dropped like 70%. Yeah. And then I look at the image and nothing is happening mm. in my heart, my belly, my soul, nothing is happening. It's a great image next one mm. because if i knew that this image was painted by a guy in his studio that the woman on the painting or whatever was his muse or wife and she, and you all of a sudden i see the image in a total different light and i would i would probably connect with it more yeah. but people need to understand that is that what touches us is the work of the artist it's this, you know all this those stories Let's, refer, let's give an example with soccer again. Let's say now they're going to do players that are like robots and they can put the, the ball in the goal every time. Put them on, you know, a team can buy this player and he's with yeah. you. He has legs and he can put the ball in. So you win every time. Yeah. But then it's no more game. Nobody gives it. A- you want to see the human struggling to put the ball in the goal. That's what yeah. the whole game is about. If there is a solution and what, well, who cares? And so. You know, I, I I get it. Like, I saw this new Photoshop thing. That you can, like, add up stuff to your background. Cool. I'm going to spend less time creating that on my own. If I wanted more of that mountain there, I can, uh, Photoshop can create it for you. That's a good tool. Awesome. I want to change maybe this. Great. But that's not enough. That's the yeah. tool. Then you need to, you know, put your heart to it and, and make it happen. Because, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm not too... I think AI is more scary for other things in other fields. You know where like I feel like you know it's getting a beast. It's getting a. It's becoming a pretty incredible beast for other things. Like how are we gonna, you know, think and our kids? How you know they, we're gonna keep them, you know, to learn how to think from themselves, how to write for themselves. If they can't have everything provided by AI, what, what are the brains gonna become? Like a freaking, like a mushy marshmallow, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's the that's the danger of that, is that it keeps making humans weak. And and as spaces, we can't become weak because then we're gonna become woolly.
0: You know, this movie when they all in- I was, uh, oh man, I was just thinking that as you said that. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And we gotta fight yeah. because if we let it go and use this and, you know, it's the same for painters. If you're a painter, you're going to use AI, then you're going to stop painting. Then you're not going to know how to paint anymore. And then too bad for you. You know, what are you going to do? You know, just be a computer hunchback like that.
0: Yeah, it, oh man, exactly. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, so what would you say to some some artists out there if there were young, uh, you know, starting artists? I mean, let, let's say you started today and, and so AI comes onto the scene. You can see you can get a little bit of an edge, do something. Do you think you could resist that temptation to, to just go, well, because there, there's something to it, like there's a convenience to it, but I, I I personally, I like putting in the work. I like doing the boring thumbnails and all that the stuff. The reward
1: as yeah. a personal, you know, are you gonna brag that you have this beautiful image you created on AI? What about it? Like you had great prompt. That was your skill, <laughs> like put some cool prompt. There's it's just nothing. So it's like, okay, cool. But if everybody can do it, there is nothing to it. You know what's great is to see when somebody, you know, you you're in a live live drawing class and you see all the students in this model and you see how people try to get the space right, and then all of a sudden this guy is is beautiful what he's doing. So it's it's emotional. Yeah. You know, there is no point to like you know, create a new life, new drawing with AI. Cool. Or oh, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> and I might as well like, you know, like cutting <laughs> potatoes or do whatever.
0: Speaking of prompts, though, Mark, I guarantee you're now a prompt on AI. I, I guarantee. Give me cowboy painting uh, in the style of Maggiore.
1: What you can do is that uh,
0: you can do art
1: by. When you do art by mm-hmm. and you put a name on an artist, then you know if he, he knows it or not. So he knows some artists very well, some he doesn't. Mark Maggiore doesn't. When you do art by Mark Maggiore, it's weird. So okay. if, you do, <laughs> if you do art by by Joaquin he does like a Soroya thing, like for wow. sure because he knows yeah. it. But Mark Majority doesn't yet. Cool for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. I but do again,
1: see. I don't care. People want to generate Mark majority's painting. Cool, you know. It's just like whatever.
0: You're 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 doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating thing, man. I think we're seeing a, a, a real changing world on all fronts to do with AI. But I think what's going to happen is there will be a knee-jerk reaction. And, and you know, there's, there's a few that are waking up to it. I, I think it's going to get more and more people because people are going to start to realize. I mean, back to your analogy of robots playing soccer, they'll be like, this sucks. This sucks, you know. Let's go back to, the, let's go back to that park bench with the two lovers talking. Let's, let's actually feel something here. Let's connect. Yeah, so um, let's let's talk. I mean, about about image creation here, about about putting the painting together. Because I, I've got two questions here. I'm actually really interested to know this as well. You've got you've got a beautifully luminous quality in the paintings themselves. And so, you know, when I'm teaching, one thing that I, I talk about continually is like, okay, look, hold back with your tone, hold back with your saturation. Then when you when you put it in there. You create this moment and you you get this feeling like the, the the color and the lights exploding off off the painting but when i look at your work the the whole thing just feels like it's bursting with life and light and, and energy so i got a I got a question here from barbara and she wanted to know how do you get the glow in the painting
1: hmm huh. That's a good question, and it's difficult to, to answer. Um, I always refer to my grandma, and she's Italian, and you know she was making the best pasta in the world. And how many times did we ask her, can you write the recipe so we can try to make it at home? And she's like, uh, and you don't ever get the recipe because she doesn't know how she does it. And I kind of think it's the same for me with painting. I don't know how I do it, I just do it. And Mm -hmm. of course I apply some rules that are like super, you know, classic and I've learned over the years, um, you know, about, you know, kind of like, you know, the difference of the tones and, you know, bouncing warm and cold constantly. And and also the the ratio of, of light and dark in an image you know the kind of like trying to apply it to like the one-third all the time so yeah. it's either one-third light or, or one-third dark but it kind of like just playing with that all the time and it's again something that is very uh, sensitive like um like i say i'm always working um small and i do my images first i work on photoshop i play it compose the stuff so i make sure like it really appeals to my eye and I also make sure that every time I paint the subject, um, I sketch it before so I know that, you know, the lights and shadows are playing well on the subject. Um, and that's fascinating because when you look at three poles, you know, if somebody moves on a horse and goes like this and you do one, two, three pictures, mm-hmm. the light's completely different in each of them, even if it was like the same moment. Uh, and one of them is going to be great. And maybe the one right after is not great, but you have to test that by sketching it to kind of look at it instead of just jumping in it. Oh, a cool photo, I'm going to paint it. Yeah, but maybe there's a better one uh, where the light reflects better. And um, so, yeah, that, that's the thing more um, is, yeah, make sure that um, the, the, the light has a path through the painting. And you know, it's bouncing at different places and it's um so
0: yeah. It's it's amazing. I mean, looking at some of these images, they're so striking and hearing you talk about the relationship of your tones, your dark to light. So is that a cinematic thing? Would that be something that came from your film days that you're like, you know, yeah, because the color relationships as well in your paintings are are extraordinary. You know, I, I see such strong use of complementary opposites in a lot of your paintings where you're balancing these effects. So so, how much of that, yeah, came from that cinematic background and, and then you've kind of taken it and run with it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think by um, storyboarding a lot, I did a lot of storyboarding and always trying to make sure everything is, is very simple and at the right place and that is always like dark, Shadows, dark shadows, dark shadows, dark shadows all the time. And um, and yeah, the, I play a lot with some basic color rules, but I think everybody kind of does that, but maybe not. I don't know. It's just uh, all the Impressionist rules. Um, I play with it uh, mostly at the end of the process um, when the painting is pretty much finished. I do a lot a la prima, but sometimes I do a second coat and at the end, just an example, if, if there is bushes in the front and, you know, some of the bushes, like you think my last painting, there is like just a little bit of light that was hitting the top of the bushes on the left part. But all the bright part was dark. So it's the shadows. It's like golden hour. So everything is in the shade. Usually it's in the purples, you know, bluish, purple but at the end, when I'm when the thing is kind of you know good at my eye, then I play with purples and I create like a bunch of completely like crazy purples, mm-hmm. and I just go poop 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 three little thing, and then I I change and I make more like magenta purplish and boom boom two or three there to kind of like make those 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 shadows vibrate like, and this is. Just impressionism, you know, that's like the basic rules of impressionism, but you don't see that when you see my paintings on Instagram because they're small. So that's the thing you see when you see them in person, and you're like, Oh, you put all this. But when you go far, it works. It just makes it vibrant. Because there's you know, I always like to change the the color in the same like say that you know, this bush is lit where the light hits. I'm not going to make like a, a bright color, like white and yellow, and just make all my highlights. I make like 20 different type of highlights, I, you know, mix the yellows and awesome. put a little pink in it and then a little bit of like orangey in it, blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like to keep like always having things vibrating. Mm. Um, I get this idea, even from painting outside, but also on, on working with Photoshop. And I've, I remember very young, like, you know, when, even when we were in art school and we were Photoshop stuff and you zoom in it and you want to click a color, every time you click, it's different. <laughs> you know, if you like zoom in like a piece of grass, you click on it, you get 30 greens that are showing up. And so I would like kind of use this when I paint and, and never having the same color. And sometimes people are like, uh, when you paint that rock, did you use magenta, uh, crimson, and this and that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I have, you know, I have. I try to have a limited palette of color, uh, colors. So I have maybe, you know, one red. I have a king crimson. I'm using crimson, a red, and then a ultramarine. And I just play with mixing things differently. Yeah. And uh, to to never have the same colors for things. It's every time it's different. Everything is the 50s the green. It's never going to be the same green all the way. Maybe I do a first wash of green, mm. and I start like making it different. So I don't know if that answers.
0: No, no, that 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 does answer it. It's it's interesting to hear how much goes into it. I mean, and it's it, isn't it sad? I mean, you spend so much time on a painting, and then you're posting it to Instagram. Now, of course, you got the original. You can show it in a gallery and and, and have an exhibition, or it's a commission for somebody, so it will be enjoyed. But You know, unfortunately, all I've been able to see of your work is on this little tiny screen and then, um, you know, on on the Internet, like I pulled up your website here. Um, And so it's great to hear what goes into it, because, you know, when I'm creating a painting and then photograph it, it it reduces down. I'm like, no, there's so much more that went into that. There's a dimension there when you're actually standing in front of the original that most will just never get to appreciate. And I find it kind of sad, you know.
1: I know, but you know those paintings exist, and um, and and hopefully, you know they maybe they have, a, you know this this museum in Arizona was asking me that maybe one day we do a kind of already like a retrospective and talk to different buyers that you know bought painting over the last eight years, and maybe they would you know, gift painting for a show. And, and maybe we do a show that is not painting to buy, but it's just painting to see. And um, it'd be cool, you know, that kind of initiative so people can actually come and see it. That'd be cool.
0: Let me know when that's happening. I'd love to see that. Um, hey, so I, I've got a question here from Andrew Neland. And so we were talking a little bit about color there and he he wanted to know, okay, what are your must-haves your your subjects the lighting scenarios are varied from like middle of the day on some of them some nocturnes uh you've got some that are you know that golden hour that are just so striking but do you have any as you're changing up your painting your subject are you and you're changing up your palette do you have anything that's like not every painting's got this that or the other what what are your go-to must-haves what's your favorite tube of oil paint colors yeah yeah. Oh. Um,
1: yeah. Like I said, I'm. am Just um, mostly, I have the simple range of color because again, I always like to tell people that when you print a picture on a color printer, he only has three colors, <laughs> yeah. and he, he's able to master the print. So it's all about mixing the color the right way in order to get so you don't need like when so i'm so sorry it keeps like i don't know how to desynchronize this thing with my computer it's the computer rings okay. but yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to um not having when i see people that have like you know 20 colors on their palette i don't know how they do it because i would get lost so i i prefer to keep it very simple and like i say sometimes at the end um even I go to the store, like if I, you know, I was painting those clouds and there was a bunch of interesting oranges on the reference. And, and I felt like I was missing something to make it even more vibrant. So I went to the store and I kind of like bought three different oranges. And I came back and my clouds were almost finished, but I went on the highlights and just kind of like met those little nuances with different oranges. Um, so yeah, I'm just like simple colors. Um, the basics I don't I don't there, there's a purple that I love that I always put in my palette uh, from the store Bleak in, in the US I don't uh, and it's a it's called violet gray uh, violet gray and it's super it's I don't know I've tried uh, every brand of this kind of like like purple violet thing uh, but bleaks as the best like it's so saturated. Um Mm. and so I have in my I have I bought you know I always buy them by pack of 10 and I just I always have it like so no matter what the the color of the day if I do it like you say a scene at noon or a scene at night or there's always gonna be this purple in it because it works all the time. Like if it's in a bright day, it works very well with greens. If it's a nocturne, it can actually work too, you know, even on like the sky, you can put little so it's a great color to
0: have. Fantastic. Who makes that? Sorry. Blick. Blick. Oh, okay. Violet gray. Blick. All right. It just, it just sold out. I was in
1: my studio. <laughs> I will show you, but I'm in the living room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries. No worries. That's, um, that's really, um, that's really interesting, man. It's it, so when you're painting your, you're putting your paintings together, this is just something that I'd love to know because, you know, your style so, so slick and it, it, like your edges are really clean. They're just, yeah, I don't mean to gush too much here, man, but I'm, I'm a big fan. But I'm looking at this and I'm trying to think about this as a bit of a detective looking throughout the piece going, is he using synthetics or bristles or both? So let us let me ask you about your brushes that you're using to actually apply the paint. Let's get a little bit in the nitty gritty and the technical here. What, um, what are some of your go-to favorites? I imagine you're using a range though, right?
1: Yeah, I have, I mean, I have very, um, basic, I, I work with rosemary brushes and I use the evergreens and we're actually, they're coming up with a set for me, uh, and it's been in the pipe for a long time. I think it's going to release soon. I don't know what's happening with that, but I have to talk with them. Um, but yeah, I'm using three sizes of, of the evergreen all the time, the, the zero two and four. Um, and I have this brush that from Blake as well. That is like a $1 brush or $2. They're super cheap. They have, uh, they call, uh, script something. I forget the name. Um, and they're, yes yeah, color scholars. I forgot, man. I'm the, I'm the worst with names. Um, But yeah, the point is really good because it's really pointy and it's long enough. um, And I'm them by hundreds and they make me, they last me a day, not more. (laughs) So I throw them away all the time, but they're pretty cheap. And so we've tried to recreate those with Rosemary for my set and I did a really good job at it. Uh, So in the set, there's going to be a a similar brush that we're calling the Maggiore. Uh, and it's really really cool. So, um, awesome. Uh, but um, so I pretty much work with those three. And when I do my clouds, I use a bristle uh, with those hair that are now forbidden here in America. So that sucks because they don't ship them here anymore. Oh wow! I don't buy the the. I think it's the hair they're using, um, or some. So um, they they can ship in Europe. And then you have to bring them back in your luggage <laughs> or yeah. have a friend of yours. sending. And I think they can ship them here. That's what I understood. Um, so, yeah, I have a bunch of those. But those last for a long time because I only use them for um, for when I do clouds. And sometimes at the beginning, but more and more now, I just do everything with my brush as I go. I just blend as I go. And, um, yeah. But hey, I, don't, I don't have many brushes. I'm not the guy with, like, and they're all the same all my brushes are the same i buy a box of hundreds and that's all i use
0: mm. and my brushes
1: are dying pretty quick like I'm, I'm usually like i say even the rosemary brush they last me like two days one day one brush one wow. session of like seven hours and then i kind of clean it and in the morning i try to I'm like eh, it's not as good so i take a new one and because they are you know they're the shapes better yeah. So maybe yeah. I'm too rough with it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're beating the crap out of your brushes, man. <laughs>
1: because I mix colors nonstop. I spend so yeah. much time seeing that they're always like I, you know, I, so I think they're they're just getting like a little curly and it's not good.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like a fresh brush though. That that's 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 true. I'm excited. It's
1: the best, it's the best. Yeah. I need to be new, you know, when you do something super important and you know it's gonna be like that one tail you have to have all the hair perfect you can't do that with a brush that was two two days old for me it needs to be new and and nice so
0: yeah it's exciting to hear about your brush set coming out i'd I'd love to check that out i I gotta ask you i'm cringing and i know other people listening to to this are cringing already because they're like tish don't ask him don't ask him have you ever used the tish dagger before what is that dude it's my brush from rosemary and co <laughs> no i haven't i'm gonna have them send you one because that's uh th- that's that's a cool brush that's a cool brush and you can think of me while you're painting clouds you'd be like oh yeah th- this is actually a badass brush it's one of my favorites and um you know like like you like you having that back and forth process with them you know we had a long drawn out back and forth process of prototypes and they'd ship me something It takes a while being down here in new zealand you know getting things back and forth but um it, it we ended up getting this thing that's like it, it was just such a nice nice brush to use in the end and i'm just like ah oh, dang this is my favorite the small ones didn't work as well but there's like this middle range they're able to reproduce it over and over oh yeah yeah they, I, but this is the thing that i found with rosemary and co like i'm sure you found as well is that you know that when you pick up that brush the consistency across the range you know what it's going to do and th- their their quality is just phenomenal it's
1: incredible yeah i agree mm
0: yeah, yeah well, i guess they gotta get it well <laughs> oh, we'll hook you up man we'll hook you up um let, let me ask you a little bit about just kind of a career because I, I get this question all the time and esteban has has asked this and um the question is you know if, if somebody's not studying arts in university what path should they follow You know, there, there there's so many options that are open to people nowadays, especially youngsters kind of coming up and they want to be full-time artists. But I still find that there's this, this kind of locked in mentality where it's, it's almost like this trajectory that people have had in their minds from 50 years ago. It's like, I'm going to go da-da, 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 and then success. But what, what advice would you give to people that were, you know, just starting out their career? Should they go to art school? Should they study or should they kind of forge their own path?
1: Well, yeah, especially nowadays when there is so many possibilities to call yourself artist, Um, I think the more you know, the better you're going to be. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, if you want to become a chiropractor, uh, you can decide to do the the two-month program that's going to teach you how to crack somebody, and then you put your plate in your chiropractor, or you can go to medicine study for university, do three years there, learn everything about human body, and then after five, seven years, you call yourself chiropractor. Imagine the difference of results for the client if you are being manipulated by somebody that did the two-month program or somebody that studied for seven years and knows everything about human bodies and science and shit. It's mm. different so it's exactly the same for an artist you have to learn everything you can to widen your range of knowledge in order to perform and and do something that might be different because the key for career as an artist is to find something that speaks to you but also different than what everybody does and the more you're going to swallow, you know, knowledge and, and, you know, different artists and learning everything, um, the better you're going to become. And so again, like we were talking with about AI earlier on, and that's like, that's insane danger because you're like, you know, if you're young and you can, like you say, create a reference with AI, but then if you don't know anything under that, you don't have a structure, it's like building the roof of a house without foundation. It's not going to hold. And um, so I think every young artist should take this journey as a in the hard path. Like the harder the path you make for yourself, the better outcome you're going to have. And I know it's very difficult to think like that when you're 18 or 19 and it's time to, you know, get training. Um, but it is a journey. Like I'm 45 and I started to make some good images like eight years ago. You know what I mean? Like before that I did a lot of things, but to me, when I look back there, I was still in training, you know, there was references in what I was doing. You could see, all oh, this looks like that. This like is influenced by this. It was still waiting on me. And then slowly, you know, you brush it off. And then at some point in your career, you become you. Mm. And that takes a long time. And, um, and you can't expect i know we're in a society where everything is to be right away you know it's like amazon type of thinking oh i want this now 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 i can't wait yeah you can't wait but you have to wait and you have to be patient you have to take the time to learn uh, and work hard to get there because it's it's a very hard it's a very hard career to choose you know and if my daughter comes to me and say i i want to be an artist i'd be like all right wow well, you can try, we, you know, we can give you all the chances you can, but there's no guarantee. It's not like, you know, I want to become a doctor. Okay, well, you can become a doctor. You do this and this and that. You study for 10 years and then you are gonna be a doctor. Artists, you don't know. It's, it's very abstract, as you know. And what does it mean? That people are going to buy your stuff that you're going to make a living out of it. We have no idea about that. So you can become a great artist, that's one thing, but then the career is different because career means, yeah, like you can make a living
0: out of it. And that's that's another story. Wow, yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different paths to this as well. And I see, you know, there's also the, 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 the range and, and the amount of success really does depend on how you're showing up and what you're putting into it, right? You know, we, we can see so many different examples. You know, you put in a little, you get a little, if anything, out. You put in a lot and you're just obsessed and you're on all the time. You almost can't switch it off. It seems like that's where the rewards exist. You know, I, I've, I've been asked by a few people, you know, personally, just from people that thought it was an easy path. And, and like you're saying, to your point, you know, if your daughter comes to you, you know, it's, I, I've imagined similar conversations with with my son years to come. I hope he does become an artist though, because I, I, I just, I, I,
1: you know, or not, he might do the opposite
0: <laughs> He's seen yeah. the
1: struggle and he wants to a different life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they know what they're going to take
0: from us. And uh, you know, exactly, exactly. No, but he might come to me and say, no, I've seen what you've gone through. That would suck. I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> I know. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's yeah. like, we're always like thinking of like, what do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they don't want to do that. Yeah. And um, but maybe they will maybe it's going to be stronger than them.
0: So look you have reached this point Mark and it's it's extraordinary. And so so I, I would really love to know and I, somebody has asked this as well from the academy. What is it what is a typical day look like for you? Cuz I mean from the outside looking in and I'm sorry if I'm projecting here but it does look like you're dialed in you're locked in you seem obsessed about your art art creation. But how does that typical day seem to flow for you on a typical day that you're painting? How many hours are you putting in? Mm.
1: Um, Well, so during the day I'm working, yeah, pretty much from like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's like the time I'm working. But during the day, you know, I take my lunch break. I cook my food, you know. I take even a nap after, after lunch for 10, 15 minutes, power nap. Then at 3 p.m., I go pick up my daughter in school. That takes me like, you know, 20 minutes, bring her back here. And I go back in the studio. And then, yeah, when it's like it's time, my stomach usually re- regulates my day, you know. <laughs> it's like 6 p.m. I start feeling, okay, it's time to think about dinner, blah, blah, And uh, Or we go places, you know. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of regimented like that. Um, I, I wake up very early and do... A, now I'm like doing long walks in the morning. Um, I used to work out, but I, I slowed down now with my back problems. Uh, so I walk a lot. It's a good time to meditate and you know do my like 40 minutes walk here in the park. Um, so yeah, and then get my daughter ready to school and then take her to school. and then when I come back from pre- bring her to school, I, I it's time when I start working. Um, I, uh, I I listen to a lot of audiobooks that that's just a very important part of my days. Um, I used to listen to music when I painted, but not anymore. It's been four or five years now that I'm I'm listening to audio books. And awesome. that's, I love that. Like really like, uh, you know, I, I get into a book and then I kind of like, it's it's a hand in hand type of journey, you know, I'm painting, but then I want to listen what's happening. It's kind yeah. of like very, very interesting because you're so lonely when you're painting that you kind of need something else, you know, it can't be just me.
0: Oh, that's, Yeah that that's so interesting you've hit on a couple of really really interesting points here let me ask you first though: what's on your what's on your reading list what's what are some of your favorite titles at the moment or right now yeah for 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 your audiobooks oh
1: yeah so i've been uh i've been
0: um listening
1: to ken follett's like this this author um i've, I've listened to so many of his books and they're like epic books and he has you know he has um things that go by uh trilogy or like you know they go by three or four books and they're all like 40 hours listen and uh and it's epic stories like one is like starts in like the viking time and then the next book is the same family but 200 years later you know in like the beginning of the united kingdom empire blah blah and it's like that kind of stuff and um uh right now I'm listening to a whole thing. Um same it was an epic book, but I'm not on the third one, and it's uh it's happening in America, in Russia and UK in the 60s, so and everything is linked. So I learned also a lot about it because this guy is super like on point with history, and his stories are, are fictional, but they are linked with the real history. So I kind of love it because I learn also a lot. Um, so I've been kind of obsessed with this guy now for about more than a year. Like during my whole show work, I've listened to all his books. Um, and uh, yeah, I got a lot. I also really like uh, CJ Box. I've, I've listened to the Joe Pickett, you know, all that stuff, which is more like, it's very different. It's more like modern day Western stuff. Yeah. Um, And, you know, back in the days, I've listened to, you know, submarine like uh, all the Larry McMurtry books and, you know, the Lonesome Dove series and all that. I was, I used to listen to a lot of Western stories, you know, that was, and then I kind of went around a a lot and I was needed other things. And so now, right now I'm on the can for that stuff. But yeah, you know, I listened to Gun with the Wind, like recently, uh because i you know i've seen the movie when i was younger and for some reason i don't know i was like oh i'm just to listening to the actual you know book and it's so great like i'm the same i've learned a lot about you know american history and stuff like the civil war era and it's pretty cool
0: fascinating yeah it's it's it was interesting to hear you say that um that art and, and and painting and creating your work it's 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 a lonely thing it's it is a really lonely road being an artist you know, I, I find that I'm I'm pretty much alone all day, except for that those beautiful moments that I have with my family throughout the day, where it's like again regulated by the stomach, right? Oh, it's lunchtime, I better sort that out, you know. But um I I, I really struggled with that in the beginning, man. Like like just not seeing anybody. And it really messed with my head until I got to, to a to a maturity where I was just like, No, this is my path. I I found personally I had to look at the benefits of that solitude. Um, so it's 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 really interesting, but it's it's like something had to click for me to go, yeah, okay, embrace it now. Walk that path.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: no, exactly.
1: There is no other way around, you know. And um, it, it's for me that's why I'm also I'm able now to take. Um, I'm taking like two months off right now. We're going to France and Italy, and I'm I'm not gonna paint for two months and see people and kind of like you know just be around, do things, whatever. Uh, but it's important because I'm I'm not. It's gonna take a minute. I know at the beginning I have anxieties. Like yesterday afternoon, I spent the afternoon packing, thinking of the, the departure and all that, and I feel anxiety just not painting, and I'm like it's been an hour i'm doing this like should i just go back to the studio maybe like check things i'm like no like you don't have any you know you know just do this right now it's fine it's your own time you know enjoy that moment of uh, i was alone at home doing you know little things you know packing stuff blah blah but it it's very difficult for me to um, surrender that you know you don't have to paint every freaking minute of your life you know it's it's not you know, it's a very strange thing. Like, what is it that, that I'm trying to, is there a hole somewhere that I need to like fill up and by working, 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 working. I know, I, you know, I go through anxieties and I'm a very stressed person because I'm like always like this, like super tense. Um, and I think painting is is a time like, when i kind of forget things you know i would have like a tummy ache and then i start painting i forget that i have a tummy ache and i don't have a to ache anymore because i'm painting and it's kind of a oh, right. it's a crazy thing but yeah i think it's just like this is the way i am <laughs> this i was put on that earth maybe just to do that <laughs> interesting so. yeah
0: yeah it's, i mean it it is amazing how it kind of um just getting really engaged and present in your creative process you kind of drown things out. I'll I'll start painting it at the start of the day. And then just at the end of the day, kind of go, where'd the day go? What happened? You know, you'll see the progress at the easel, but it's like the time just flies when you're in that zone locked in, you know? I know and it's,
1: it's funny when we were living in Taos uh, for two years my, my wife had a, she had an atelier in town was that was linked to the store. And so, She would go in the morning, and when we meet at the end of the day, she had done so many things, see so many people, had lunch with people, met this people, a whole thing. And me, nothing. Other, I, I, I made some progress on the horse head. (laughs) You know, that's my day. You know, I don't have much to talk about, so that's why you need to feed yourself with other things, books, you know, the news, the thing to kind of like keep yeah. it up having stuff to talk about because you don't see anybody <laughs> so it's just like yeah, that, that's one of the, the things that people don't really think about you are like oh you know painter's laugh. you know lucky or yeah i am but it's also yeah there's there's a hard part to it it's a long yeah. story so yeah
0: so um... You know, I, I, I'm really—it's quite interesting to hear about your your forced downtime as a way to kind of almost reset. Because that that must have been, man, it must have been such a high coming from that exhibition that you've had. It, to to now just go, wow. You know, how do you reset after something like that? So it's great to hear that you're going to be you're going to be doing a bit of traveling, spending some family time, seeing some people.
1: Yeah. well it's interesting because you, you know I was telling you I have back problems and I have back problems for a long time it's been 10 years you know in and out but um recently it's been two two months I've, I've been through really like hardcore things and I'm getting a little better now but um I it started like literally a week after the show and um Instead of, of being free and be like, ah, oh, you know, I had planned a trip to New York with my brother and all. And in the plane to New York, it started to hit me. And then I spent the worst freaking time. I had to go get a shot and I couldn't move. And it feels like all the stress that I was kind of somehow managing, even though it was inside of me, when the thing was finished, instead of feeling free and be happy, oh, cool, you know. It kind of like my whole body took it in the back and like, all right. And it's like, you know, you did your last shot and then, and then you die. And so it was just very strange because yeah, it hit me so hard. And even though I was like trying to tell myself, you know, maybe it's in your head, you know, I'm like, it's just, it was it, you know, my, my body was done. And, uh, and it, it, I've been through so many hardcore phase for the past two months and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I am be able to sit in with you for an hour. Like, I couldn't be there like that. Like, like three weeks ago, I couldn't sit. I have to, like, constantly move and stuff. It's just... So, anyway, uh, long story short, um, I think that going now to Europe, and I wish maybe I would have lived before, but I, I just did another painting this month because I really wanted to do this painting that was supposed to be in my show, but I didn't have time to do it, so I, I did it now. um, But now I'm ready to go, and I think this this two month in Europe are going to be good for that, like, you know, reset and, um, being inspired with new ideas. Um, also we're moving to Arizona after, um, when we come back, we're leaving California and and gonna, um, live in Arizona. So I'm super excited about that because I'm going to be close to all my Cowboys friends and, um, I'll be able to, you know, go back to the subject a little more and, and, uh, set up a lot of cool, exciting things uh and getting ready for my next show because that's kind of what's up there you know it's like thinking of the future already
0: <laughs> brilliant where where's the next show happening when's that happening
1: oh well, so I'm, I'm challenging my gallery and um we're gonna do a tour so you know i was i was in a rock band so i had this i'm like a hensey guy i need i need to move and um i had the idea of of making a tour and uh so it would be the idea would be to have um new york you know chicago austin nashville denver uh, phoenix you know do like every day and then maybe three or four days apart from each evening right. and we bring maybe 10 of the major work and we do we we pick a place you know maybe we rent a place or we you know work with a gallery or something but mostly we'll be renting a place put up the show people come you know they see the artworks people who are interested in buying they can put their bids or their names, if it's a draw or whatever. And then we pack everything, go in a bus, next town. And then we do that for a month. And so everybody across the country can see the work in the flesh. Awesome. Um, and then at the end, either in LA or in Scottsdale where the gallery is, we do the actual final where we pick the names, we do the auction like we did here, but after a month of kind of like everywhere on the road, where everybody's seen. So it's going to build up this like momentum of, of, you know, excitement. And, um, and I think it like you were exactly like you were saying before um, the fact that, you know, people can't see the work is very frustrating. And, and at my show, even though a lot of people were uh, flying in and we had, I don't know how many people came. It was a lot of people. And, uh, and so to think that we can do that. And people there in New York or Chicago or whatever, they can see the painting. It's great because we're gonna, at the end of the day, instead of 1000 people sing it, maybe it'll be like 10,000 people mm-hmm. that saw the paintings. So it's cooler and uh, and it'd be exciting. I kind of like to always bring stuff that I was experiencing in my band, in my painting life, it's it's kind of cool. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. that might
0: be 2026. Yeah, your, your band, by the way, Uh, is awesome i mean looking at some of the looking at some of the music videos um i was talking to my team about it and saying no you got to check out check this stuff out and um it it just so rocking so just so professional just so awesome it's some really catchy tunes on there as well i have no idea what you're singing (laughs) because i don't speak french but uh it was just um yeah you're you're a talented guy, man. You're a talented guy. Uh, let me ask you: when when you when you first started this, you know, eight, uh, uh, ten years ago, or, did you have any idea that you would be where you are right now?
1: Zero, like zero, literally, little any idea. Hmm. Um, yeah, because I, what happened is that I was in the band. I had a life in France. Um, I was doing okay. I was directing music video. You know but something in me was was not happy like I there was there was another dream that I wanted to to go after that that was not fulfilled. And so yeah, when I turned, turn yeah 33, 34 that's when I came to America um, with a dream of doing something else. and for some reason, instead of going up, everything went down. And so I went through divorce and uh, you know music video business was stopped the band and yeah it's starting to it's starting to go down and i i really ended up my wife and i we were going through yeah hard times no money we freaking like we moved back to our mom in arizona and so at this point it was like what did i do to survive <laughs> it was not even like you know how make a career and no, no, it's like a, how do we you know find money to eat and and pay the bill so wow. painting was my last resort because i knew i had this skill in my toolbox that i could use and when i found out the subject of the cowboys i decided to go at it because I, something spoke to me that maybe i could do something and i was looking around and I, buying magazines and looking at art you know western art and i felt like maybe there was something i could do different so I just gave it a try, desperate, because I didn't know what else to do. And, and I was like, whatever, I'm going to just paint that because I, that speaks to me and I love to paint. And I'm at a place in my life where there is nothing else I can do. So I'm just going to do that. And I started this and then slowly, you know, starting selling this painting there and there. and. And it, it started bringing a little bit of money and it was super exciting enough to be like, all right, let's like, keep going. And you know, slowly, and then Instagram started building up and blah, blah, and then, you know, start piling up and and uh, so yeah, like eight years later when I did this show last month, it's just, it's crazy to like think that it, get, it went from there to there, it's just incredible.
0: Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's an incredible level you've reached. Um and so you would then consider yourself successful, right? This is this is this is success. Right now? Yeah.
1: Well I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how do you define success? How how do you define that?
1: Um, I think it's uh, sorry, I'm staying for a second I'm back. my back. Um on. I think success is kind of it's a two it's a two-sided blade, because um there is your personal success and then there's uh, a success uh, that's gonna make you uh, survive in this world and, and be part of this world at a certain level um and that that really depends on your expectation from what you want from from this world and, and some people will be like you know I, I have a piece of land and I live there my family that's my success and and maybe they don't make money but they're happy and that's key that's yeah. number one you know, and then you compare it to somebody who has a freaking mansion up there on the heels and, and has 20 cars, but they're miserable and they do drugs and they're, you know, so then you don't want that kind of success because that's, that's, that doesn't mean anything. So I think success is, is balance. I think recognition from a large audience is, is, is a good way to call it success because when, when you do something that you think is good deep in your heart, that you love, And when you look at it, you're proud. And then you realize that other people likes it too. And that brings you income as well. You can feed your family and be happy. That's it. You know, that's, I think that's success enough. And of course there's this, you know, we're in a society when you're always more. And you know, like when I finished the show and I sold this painting for half a million dollars, a lot of people came to me like, next time I hope it's a million, right? And you're like, sure <laughs> but what do we even think about that you know and it's like that just happened it's insane and i'm not thinking oh i hope you know but that's what people do and somehow it's good you know you want to always push further that's human nature yeah. you, you, you break the record of the sprint you know next sprint you will be faster but um it's to me i think I don't think of oh, my next show. I hope I'm going to sell me a, a painting for a million dollars. That's not what I think. I think, I hope next show I have better paintings because wow. that's my problem. That's my problem. And that, that's yeah. it. Like The money that's going to go through it, I don't care. That's, yeah. that's a secondary problem. It comes after. But the number yeah. one problem is the quality of the work. And to me, it's always how do I beat myself? That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be my work is like, how do I create better image? How do I like create things that are better?
0: I, I love that. It's really balancing the outward with the inward. And so, you know, that's something that I've been really exploring recently with myself, you know, asking myself, like, what what do I want? What, what are my goals and dreams and aspirations? What is that version of success that I've been chasing And I've come to realize that it's actually an internal feeling of how you carry yourself through the day. It's it's not it's not necessarily what, it's who. And as soon as I twigged on that, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna show up today and do my best. And then when I put my head on the pillow at the end, I know that I loved my people. Like I I I really and I had some moments there that were just key where I was present. That was such a thing because I was, you know, speaking of anxiety, man, like I was that anxious kind of hamster on the wheel going, got to go, got to go, got to get this done, got to get this done, organize this, do this, send it there. Oh, what if that doesn't work? What? And just, it's it really is a, a sort of a fear in a way that starts eating you from the inside. But as soon as I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to focus on one thing at a time, do my very best, be present. And then that, I, and I love what you said as well. It's like, don't focus on that money part don't focus like hey if it happens look it probably will happen but if if you're chasing it it seems like it it'll, it'll almost just lose its its luster in a way
1: it's, it's not working. i mean yeah again as a, as an artist um the everybody of course everybody's always looking for making a success making money it's it's the human nature as well it, it's normal but it can't be what you're after because yeah. that is definitely not the right path. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're an artist and, you know, there, okay, the, there's a path, there's a dirt road and it, it cuts in three. So there's one with an arrow that says money. The other one with an arrow says work. And one was like quality. Uh, you have to choose where you go. Definitely don't go to the money route. Because it's not going to lead you to money. You just fall in a hole. So I think you have to take the route of quality work and go through it. And then I'm sure at doesn't point, you're going to meet the route of the money. You know, it's because it's normal when it's good and everything flows and it's natural. You know, money comes and it's it's good. Uh, but again, it's not a finality. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, I was telling my wife, like, we're like, we just bought this house and To me, almost that's, that was the goal of my whole life to like own a house with no debt, no rent. It's just, that was it. And I told her, I was like, if from now on, everything stops, like I don't, you know, sell paintings anymore and I have to like, I don't care because we have a roof forever. And that was it. That's like, I somehow deep inside accomplished something that was important for me to like, you know, own something. And so that's all. That's my vision of yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I made it somehow. I bought a house. <laughs> Maybe people would laugh at that, but to me it's very important because you know it means shelter for family. No matter what's happening, we have a roof, and that's it.
0: So yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's incredible. Yeah, and and I, I I've I've got a similar goal as well. It's it's important. I don't think it's a little thing at all. That's how you that's how you love your people is provide that for them. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah man listen you you inspire the heck out of me bro you really do you you show me and i know you show thousands of other people you know what's possible when you've got your head straight and you're you're really focused on the right things you have a subject that you're passionate about and you just you don't miss and and i i'm just yeah, I, I look at your, your work, your, your profile on social media, and I was just there as I was, I was watching that, um, that unfold just through you know, what you were sharing with us on the socials, just going, yes, man, that's so cool. Because for me personally, you, you set that bar so high. It's that point on the horizon. And I'm like looking at it going, all right, I, I, I actually need to dream a bit bigger and then lock in and focus on the day. But it's it's just incredible. So, bro, thank you for being you. <laughs> Thanks, that, you keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Um, but listen, thank you so much for spending this time with me here. Thank you so much for being on the creative endeavor.
1: Well, thank you so much for yeah putting all that together and 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 keep you know bringing the messages out for everybody. So cool. And say hi to all your students for me. I will.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Creative Endeavor Podcast and a huge shout out and thank you to Mark Majori for joining me. If you're not already following him on Instagram or on his website, make sure you do so. You'll find links in the description that accompanies this podcast on whatever audio platform you're listening on. Follow his work and I know you're going to be just as inspired as I am. Now, if you could do me a huge favor and leave me a rating or review of whatever audio platform you're listening on that would be amazing it will help push this show out to more people And if you want to come back for more make sure you're following this show there's also a video version that i put out on my youtube channel simply search my name andrew tischler on youtube and pull this episode up and also if you can anywhere you're listening or watching leave me a comment and let me know what were some of the takeaways, something that you got from this conversation. I've got plenty more episodes to share with you and lots more inspiring artists to talk to. So don't go anywhere. Thanks so much for being here. and We'll see you again in another episode of The Creative Endeavor.